Hey everybody, it's Amazing Fantasy Football with me, Chris, and my buddy. No, I'm just playing. Josh is going to be absent tonight. Um, I mentioned this last Sunday. Uh, a little bit of the, a little bit of the COVID running through the system. Yep, we'll go with that. So I'll be flying solo tonight. So you lucky viewers get to uh, get to listen to me talk all night long. Yay! Not all night. Hopefully, just an hour. Might actually go a little quicker since, you know, we don't have two kind of interacting voices kind of bouncing stuff off each other there. But uh, I do have uh, Josh's notes, so I am ready to go with a handful of receivers and some tight end and QB streamers along with a sleeper. And then, of course, my own. Um, hmm. I don't know. Let us know in the chat how everybody's doing tonight. Uh, thank you for... Uh, coming on in and uh, tuning on in and uh, enjoying a lovely Thursday evening. We do have a football game going on right now. I see New Orleans leading 7-6 to six with about 13 minutes left in the second quarter. So, for a little update for you there. Drop your questions in the chat. We'll, we'll get to them as we can. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, ahead of time, if you've got a question during the week before Thursday or before Sunday morning, uh, you know, let us know. Drop it in our Discord. Links are in the description. Um, tweet us. Uh, I'm at AFFB Chris and Josh is at Josh AFFB. Do you have anything on the screen for that right now? All right. Um, you know, and subscribe on YouTube for weekly content. Uh, and check out our podcast. Link is also in the description. Um, with all that out of the way, I'm jump right into it here. Uh, it's week seven, and as Josh said, it is far from heaven. You've got uh, teams on by Buffalo, L.A., pretty sure that's the Rams. It's got to be the Rams, yep. Uh, Minnesota Vikings and Philly. I mean, that's, uh, gosh, Philly, Minnesota, and Buffalo are three one-loss teams, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Minnesota's really surprised me. Uh, but, you know, you're you Dalvin Cooks, Jalen Hurts. Running backs, quarterbacks, receivers galore from fantasy productive offenses. Rams, not so much this year, but you know, you know, there's still a Cooper Cup for goodness sakes. So we've got to get down to business and get you some replacements for these awful bye weeks. And then, of course, throw uh, injuries on top of that. Speaking of injuries, let's get right into the news here. We're going to go in order position. So we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Dak Prescott has been medically cleared. And it's expected to be a full participant at practice tomorrow. I'm pretty sure that's a Wednesday update. Um, so I think he's, uh, yeah, he's full participant Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, that's per head coach Mike McCarthy. Sounds like he's trending on a return on Sunday versus the Lions. Uh, might talk about um, some Cowboy pieces later. Let's see here. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Thumb injury was a full persistent in practice today, Thursday. Uh, Panthers head coach Steve Wilkes says P.J. Walker will start this week versus the Bucks. Uh, Panthers have also designated Sam Darnold to return from IR. So just a little bit of kind of insignificant quarterback news there on a not a great fantasy team. We'll put it that way. Not a great NFL team. Uh, the Commanders, Washington Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz is facing a recovery time of about roughly four to six weeks and injured reserve in consideration. I haven't heard that's official yet that he's on IR. Uh, he's currently in Los Angeles with a hand specialist. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was limited at practice today due to a hip injury. And tight end Mark Andrews did not practice due to a knee. 
The Steelers coach Mike Tomlin promised quarterback Kenny Pickett concussion uh, was a full participant today. That is a Thursday report. Uh, still, though, Trubisky is expected to start. There's a lot of... Um, the way I read it uh, was that uh, there's a good chance that uh, Mason Rudolph will be the backup. So they're just going to be real cautious, tread lightly on this uh, concussion protocol thing. But uh, for all intents and purposes, he's been practicing. He's looking like he's going to clear that protocol if he hasn't already. On to some running backs here. Patriots running back Damian Harris was a full participant uh, today, Thursday, uh, despite a hamstring injury indicating he might be close to a return. We might talk about his teammate a little bit later there. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett says he had a great talk with uh, running back Melvin Gordon, and he will start this week versus the Jets. This is me not caring. <laughs> Onward. Baltimore Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins with a knee injury was unable to practice on Thursday for the second straight day, so he didn't practice Wednesday either. Dobbins' surgically repaired right knee tightened up on him in the Week 6 loss to the New York Giants, and he didn't play at all in the second half. Uh, again, a little teaser. We might talk about one of his teammates later. DeAndre Swift, uh, shoulder and ankle, is pushing towards playing week seven. He was limited Thursday. So he was out there, but he was limited today. That's a running back out of order. Jonathan Taylor, ankle, uh, chose to sit out last week, week six, and he did practice in full today, Thursday. So he's all but, you know, going to be back. Uh, he should be back. The Athletics... Jordan Rodrique expects Rams fifth round rookie. So this is a, I guess, is that a B report or a national? I don't know. Uh, the Athletics Jordan Rodrique expects Rams fifth round rookie Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams with an ankle on IR, to have a, quote, big role once he returns. The Rams have yet to open Williams' 21-day practice window after he underwent ankle surgery before the season. But over the summer, it appeared Williams was ticketed for a bigger-than-expected role on offense, possibly even moving ahead of Cam Anchors on the depth chart at the time. Uh, but then he got hurt, uh, with Anchors, of course, done in L.A. Uh, via trade or some other transaction. Uh, there's a spot for Williams alongside Daryl Henderson. But it might be worth a stash. That's why I included that. I haven't uh, grabbed him. I think in a league or two, I grabbed uh, Gus Edwards. Uh, we won't talk about Gus necessarily later, but uh, talk about one of his teammates. Sources from the Jets wide receiver. I'm sorry, sources. Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore, frustrated with his role and usage, has asked for a trade. The team has no plans at all to trade him, and I don't blame them. The former second rounder was targeted once in the win over the Packers, and that play was negated by a penalty. So I, I, I don't know if he threw his hands up when that happened. I didn't see it live or anything like that, nor have I seen any highlights from that game just yet. Um... Yeah, you know, a second-year player who really didn't kind of hit on the scene last year until, I don't know, let's just say midseason. So a player with one with one half season of relevance is, I don't, can't say holding out, is complaining and demanding a trade. It's practically a rookie. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, I'm a fan of the guy. I understand his plight because while the Jets are winning games and everybody's kind of excited about him. They're not putting up a lot of points and yards. That defense is really helping them. Uh, Zach Wilson's taking care of the ball. Obviously, Brees Hall in the run game, uh, but they cannot seem to get the ball out to their receivers. Um, so, yeah, Elijah Moore resting a trade. The Arizona Cardinals place Marquise Brown and offensive line Justin Pugh on IR with Hollywood Brown expected back late this season and uh, Justin Pugh done for this season. So it's Marquise Brown. 
on IR. And then, of course, the Cardinals traded for Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson as after he, like, I think, was it? I think it was during the game. He also, he, he blew up. He, he was upset. Again, bad situation for receivers. Receivers tend to be the divas. But, you know, to be fair to both those guys, they're on low passing volume teams. They're on, uh, I guess I couldn't call the Cardinals a bad team, but uh, Panthers are bad. So just bad offensive teams uh, at least have been. I'm sorry, not Cardinals, uh, Jets. Jets. Again, not a bad team, just bad offensively lately. More receiver news. Rashad Bateman uh, with a foot injury was back at practice Wednesday, so that's a good sign. Uh, Josh, I'm sorry, not Josh. Mike McDaniel, optimistic uh, Jalen Waddle will play against Pittsburgh. Uh, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions says Jamison Williams will play this season. So just heads up there. Don't, I mean, don't go pick him up or anything. He's still a ways away, I believe. Chiefs considered a, are, are considered a strong contender for Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, that's been bouncing around for better part of a week so you know I didn't believe in Odell I've really always disliked Odell Beckham has nothing to do with my cowboy fandom I'm just kidding he's also kind of a prick let's be honest but um yeah strong contender the Chiefs are for Odell Beckham Jr and I doubted him last year and he was both productive for fantasy and productive for the Rams until he got injured in the Super Bowl yeah I remember just before it so he's, you know, he's a veteran. He's been doing this mercenary stuff and just kind of taking the offseason off and he can get ready. So might want to keep an eye out for him if you're desperate at receiver during the bye weeks and all the injuries. Chris Olave with a concussion was, uh, they're playing right now, aren't they? Yeah. So I concluded this just in case anybody wasn't watching, but uh, Chris Olave had a, was on concussion. Uh, he was taken off the injury report. So good to go. So I assume he's playing tonight. In fact, I think Josh mentioned something on text about him looking good. The Packers have designated wide receiver Sammy Watkins with a hamstring injury to return from IR per head coach Matt LaFleur. This opens up that 20-day window that you hear come up often. And the Las Vegas Raiders tight end Darren Waller, hamstring, missed his second straight practice on Thursday. It's not a good sign that Waller hasn't practiced coming out of a bye week. They were just on bye and he still isn't healed up from a hamstring. Rough year for Waller, man. Rough, rough year. All right, what we got next? What we got next? Let's start with Josh and uh, well, not Josh himself, but uh, the receivers here. Um, he goes on to say, with so many good fantasy assets on bye week this week, it, uh, uh, he took a bye week fill-in approach. I went with he says he went with five guys who either had bad matchups at first glance or someone you can grab off the waivers waiver wire or guys potentially at the bottom of your roster. Uh, bottom of your roster, I meaning you haven't been starting them for a couple weeks, but may not look like the juicy of matchups for said player, but you're going to need to get him up there into your starting lineup. Wide receiver, Christian Kirk uh, versus the New York Giants. The Giants are looking pretty good. The Giants are only giving up 13.9 points per game. That's the second fewest points per game to receivers. That's to receivers, to be clear. Like I said a couple, like Josh said a couple weeks ago, the Giants secondary has hasn't really been tested. Uh, that week they went against the Packers wide receiver core, who have been lackluster. Yeah, the whole Packers offense has been kind of lackluster, if you ask me. Uh, but that's the one of the wide receiver cores they went against. And then last week against the Ravens wide receiver core of third tier wide receivers, because Bateman was out. I don't know, sure who else was out, but uh, Rashad Bateman was. I'm sticking with it. The Giants may be playing a decent. Uh, the Giants may be playing decent defense, but let's see what happens when they get some true competition. 
now that the Jags are a high-powered offense, uh, but they have put points on the board in games this season. Not that they are a high-powered offense, but they have put some board uh, points on the board this season. Let's move on to Kirk specifically. Kirk looks to be going up against cornerback Darnay Holmes, who's PFF's 72nd-ranked cornerback, the Giants' worst-rated cornerback. That's good stuff. Zay Jones, believe it or not, actually has the higher catch percent and two more receptions on the season than Kristen Kirk does. But this is about the slot receiver slash cornerback matchup. So Christian Kirk, your first fave five receiver of the evening. On to running backs. I'm going to give you A.J. Dillon this week. I know. I know. Bear with me. Dillon scored in week one and had over 70 rushing yards in week four. Has not matched either of those in any of the weeks you know, since. Uh, and is coming off two games of only six and ten carries, respectively. That's the bad news. The good news is he faces the Washington Commanders without Carson Wentz. Not that that actually would have helped much, but, you know, might be an even more positive uh, game script for the struggling Packers offense. The Commanders have given up the eighth most rushing yards in the season, and while they started pretty strong versus around the last two weeks, they've surrendered at least 67 yards to three backs, meaning obviously one of those backs is a... 1B or a backup or what have you, similar to A.J. Dillon. Without Wentz, and probably with him, I expect to see a very positive game script where Dillon will be allowed to rack up carries and probably a couple of red zone opportunities to ice the game away. With injuries and bye weeks, Dillon is a fine flex play with touchdown upside in what should be a blowout. Kind of thought that last week. <laughs> but things happen. We're going to go and keep alternating wide, uh, running backs and wide receivers here. Next receiver we've got from Josh's fave five for the week, Alec Pierce. I knew he was going to include it, not because he's a Colts fan, because he's just, he's a hot ticket lately. He's, uh, while Paris Campbell is, uh, gosh, I think he leads all, all of their receivers in snap percentage. It's Pierce, and of course, Michael Pittman. It's Pierce, who's uh, uh, re really playing well, uh, for, for both for the Colts, uh, and, and their offense seems to be turning around. We'll, we'll give it another week or so, but seems to be turning around. Um, so he's playing well. Um, currently, uh, Alec Pierce has a less than 20% starting percent. Uh, he is looking like a good draft choice by Indy. Indy. Yeah, he's a rookie. I almost forgot that. He's looking like a good draft choice this year. He's not Jalen Waddle or the next year wise, but he's he's been all right. Pierce missed uh, week two with an injury. Since then, he's uh, his snap percent and number of targets go up. His fantasy output has risen each week also since coming back in week... I'm sorry about that. His fantasy output has, ri has risen each week since coming back in week three. Last week, he caught his first touchdown, but on only three receptions. Tennessee is giving up 30.8 points per game to wide receivers. That's second most in the NFL. If you haven't happened to pick him up this week, start him. If he's still out there, pick him up before somebody else does. Dead. A1 Tony Pollard. Go Cowboys, except they lost last week. No, uh, I do a pretty good job of not droning on about the Cowboys too much on this show, but um, I'm going to give you a Tony Pollard. As a lot of, again, a lot of teams are out there kind of desperate at running back, wide receiver, across the board, bye weeks, injuries. Pollard leads Zeke in yards per carry, yards per reception, and just about every other stat besides, of course, carries, which is probably the most important one. He's averaging only eight touches a game, but I have two words for y'all. Detroit Lions. Detroit has allowed the most rushing touchdowns to RBs, the fourth most rushing yards in the league, 
and the second most fantasy points per game to running backs. With buys and injuries, I like Pollard as a high-end flex slash borderline RB2 with, with upside for a big play. I mean, he's clearly shown he can make the big play. So yeah, Tony Pollard. Second fave five of the week. On to Josh's third receiver for his fave five. Corey Davis versus the Denver Broncos. He's only got a 13% start percent. Like Josh said in his opening statement, he, he's, he's going for guys that look like, you know, not the best matchup on paper, but you're going to need to get these guys up in your lineup for the reasons I'm about to give you. Uh, this is about all about a one-week rental. It leaves a bad taste in, in my mouth uh, that I'm even recommending Corey Davis. I'm going to have a guy like that that I'll be recommending. I think in my fave five, not my sleepers or streamers. Remember when Elijah Moore was a thing? Well, yeah, he's not anymore. Elijah Moore is getting out-snapped and out-targeted by Corey Davis. Hence why probably Elijah Moore is pretty upset. Davis has, has a couple touchdowns on the season, and he's got a good matchup this week with Sauce Garner likely covering Garrett Wilson. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Damari Mathis should be the guy covering Corey Davis. Mathis is PFF's, PFF's number 68 quarterback. The other guy was 72. Wow. Perhaps this is a uh, recency bias, but watching Damari Mathis on Monday Night Football, he was just okay guarding Jerry Judy. I don't happen to think Jerry Judy is the greatest wide receiver either. Corey Davis, an okay bye week fill-in. Simple as that. Simple as that. Pardon me. All right. My third fave five of the evening at running back. We've got Kenyon Drake. He was flat out great versus what most consider a damn good run defense in the New York Giants uh, in relief of Dobbins last week. Uh, he was even making plays in the first half while Dobbins was still in and playing. Drake had 119 rushing yards on 10 carries, including a 30-yard touchdown in the second quarter. As I mentioned, he was making plays while Dobbins was still in, the, in there. Uh, and as mentioned earlier, show Dobbins left and didn't play at all in the second half. His uh, surgically repaired knee is firing up a little bit. Uh, Dobbins hasn't practiced all week, and Gus Edwards just returned to practice this week after his ACL tear in September of last year. So while he, you know, Gus could have a role, it might well be a very limited role. And wouldn't you know, if they get the Browns, who are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to running backs and just gave up 76 yards, two touchdowns, and four receptions to Ramondre Stevenson last week. Drake is easily a top tour, uh, top 24 running back two kind of guy this week. So he's going to be started in a lot, lot of leagues, a lot of leagues. Probably should be, needs to be. Oh, I see my next guy I'm excited to talk about. I saved my two low-hanging fruits for my last two guys. So the last two guys I'll talk about are going to be, be kind of your top 10, top five guys of the week. Again, bye weeks and whatnot. But yeah, these are must-start smash play guys. Let's move on to... Uh, back to Josh's fourth. Yes, because I started with Josh. Fourth wide receiver. Day five of the evening. We've got a one Donovan Peoples-Jones versus Baltimore Ravens. DPJ is mostly a high floor slash low ceiling plug-in guy. But if one is scraping the bottom of the barrel, one could easily just go with DP DPJ. I can't talk. This quarterback holds him back. But DPJ looks to get Marcus Peters, who is an aggressive corner, but is known to give up bigger plays in his career. He One moment. Marcus Peters. Baltimore, right. Aggressive corner. He's also like four inches shorter than DPJ. DPJ 
has three games this season with nine points. That's nothing to sneeze at, folks, uh, uh, in uh, half-point PPR. Nothing to sneeze at whatsoever. Like like you said, you know, high, flow, high floor, low ceiling. But Donnie Peeps, <laughs> Josh is the nickname guy. <laughs> Donnie Peeps is playing at least 80% of the 86% of the Browns snaps. That's not bad. So if Peoples Jones could score TD in there for us. Uh, oh yeah. Now we're cooking. The Ravens have given up seven touchdowns to opposing wide receivers on the season. So it's possible. Ravens, and he, he pretty much touched on it. Ravens defense has improved, especially in the secondary, but I bet DBJ, I bet DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones can make a play, and it looks like Josh is counting on that also. All right, to my, on to my first little hanging fruit. Uh, Jose, if you're still in chat, the aforementioned Kenneth Walker III. I already said that about the low-hanging fruit. Mr. Uh, Walker looks like one of the most explosive backs in the NFL right now. Literally. He has proven that his 4-3-8-40 time was no workout warrior fluke. His jump cuts are devastating. I was watching highlights. Dude, he looks so good right now. He's going to be a league winner, I'm telling you. Uh, where was I? Where was I? And his speed score is 96th percentile on playerprofiler.com astonishing i couldn't find any elusiveness ratings for running backs in the year but rest assured he would be near the top of that metric given you know x amount of carries and whatnot walker ran for 4.62 yards per carry in his first full game without rashad penny off of 21 carries for 97 yards and one score on the ground he even caught some passes two out of three yeah three targets two catches 13 yards but hey you know we're talking about half point and full point ppr man let's get this guy in your lineups he gets the charges this week, giving up the fourth most points per game to uh, fantasy points per game to running backs and are tied for worst in yards per attempt and just gave up 67 yards and 4.4 per carry to Latavius Murray fresh off his couch. <laughs> the aforementioned Latavius Murray. Walker is a smash play and easily a top seven running back this week. All right, I got one left and we are on Josh's. Fifth and final fave five of the evening. Sorry, it's going a little quick, folks, but no, it's just me. Again, folks, if y'all are in chat, feel free to chime in. I do like this play from uh, Josh here. Romeo Dubs versus the Washington Commanders. Dubs was one of my guys two weeks ago, meaning one of Josh's guys. That didn't work out so well. Uh, Lazard's kind of come on, but, but let, let's, let's push on here. It may be hard to trust Dobbs, considering uh, that he's averaging 4.25 points per game over the last two weeks. Yeah, that sounds about right. But this is a great matchup. The Washington football team is giving up the third most points per game to wide receivers and tied third most touchdowns to wide receivers. Over the last four weeks, Dubs is averaging 7.5 targets per game. That's fine, man. That's fine. That's a good amount. Uh, I like Dubs' chances to turn those targets into production coming this week. I love it, Josh. I like it. I like it. He's one of my guys. One of my guys. Man, I know he hasn't been great lately, but I'm not losing faith there. Let's hope he can help folks out this week. My fifth and final fave five of the show. <laughs> A lot of alliteration, alliteration there, folks. Sorry. Is one Ramondre Stevenson. Again, low-hanging fruit. This is it. Let, 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 me, let me finish up here. 
right up front. Right up front, fair warning. As I mentioned earlier in the news segment, Damian Harris was back to full practice today on Thursday. But I would argue Stevenson is still a great play this week. First off, the Patriots could bring back Harris on a pitch count. That's for you, Josh. Uh, uh, second, they play the Bears. First, let's talk a little usage and production and go from there. Stevenson has averaged 88% snap share over the past two weeks with Harris out of the way while averaging 25 touches per game and 20.8 fantasy points. Oh, another one of my guys. I just love me some Ramondre. I wish I had him in Dynasty. The Bears have given up the second most rushing yards on the season and are tied for third worst, having given up nine rushing scores on the year and given up the seventh most fantasy points per game to running backs. Now, it looks looking like there is no quarterback controversy in New England, despite Zappi's good play. And Mac Jones is trending in. And I'll get to that in a second. Considering Chicago is actually good versus the pass, they're third best, giving up only 178.67 passing yards per game. They're bad versus the run, as illustrated earlier. And both Mac Jones with an ankle and the aforementioned Damian Harris with a hamstring are coming off lower body injuries. I expect the Pats to run it down the Bears' throats, and there will be plenty for Ramondre to get his even if his snap percent drops with Harris back, which I, I think we can all expect it to a bit. So yeah, man, get him in your lineups. Ramondre Stevenson, Kenneth Walker, I'm super excited about playing them this week where I've got them. All right, we already finished up with uh, Mr. Joshua's day five. Let's go on to his tight end, first tight end stream of the week. Now I'm going to prelude, preclude? No, I'm going to preface this by saying... Uh, you could call this a low-hanging fruit because of the name value uh, and the ownership percentage, but we want to go and reach out and give this uh, you folks a vote of conference and tell you the guy, excuse me, tell you to play this guy this week, especially, again, given buys and injuries. Excuse me. <clears throat> this is one George Kittle versus Kansas City Chiefs. The Kittle versus Atlanta call worked out great. Uh, it was a little obvious. Uh, this week, uh, the 49ers get the Chiefs, where Atlanta ranked number three in tight end scoring. Kansas City is giving up the 11th most. They have allowed four tight end touchdowns. That's tied third most. Kittle doesn't have a touchdown yet. Kansas City giving up four tight end touchdowns. That's a repeat. And the Niners are going to need their best players to keep up with the Chiefs. I like Kittle to have a similar score this week that he did last week. Couldn't agree more. In fact, I would go as far to say hopefully he gets a tutty in there, man. Hopefully he gets a touchdown because... People have been uh, very surprised by the Niners throwing so much, but it's been game script dependent. And you can absolutely, yeah, we didn't expect Atlanta to be. <laughs> Niners be behind by, you know, how, how many scores it was, by quite a bit versus Atlanta, but you can almost guarantee there's going to be points put up by KC. So, yeah, going to be a good game script for Kittle to get involved again and hopefully keep that streak going of uh, a return to relevancy, if not dominance. Now with my first tight end streamer of the week, I'm going to give you Pat Fryermuth. Okay, he's been cleared off the concussion protocol. I mentioned it a little bit last week how big picture I'm a little concerned about how many concussions he's had, but you know, I think Tua is going to be back this week or next. So just these these guys with these names and these concussions are just kind of out there. And while there's a little trepidation. There's going to be desperation also this week. That's enough shuns. 
Miami is who they're playing. The Miami Dolphins, they have allowed the third most receptions to tight ends and just gave up a red zone touchdown to the corpse of Irv Smith. Great call last week, Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I nailed that one, dude. I mean, it was like a 10 or 11 point fantasy day for Irv Smith, but that is gold uh, for tight ends. And that's at half point, mind you. And if you're worried about who plays quarterback for the uh, Steelers, first off, Mitch Trubisky looked great in the comeback upset of the Bucks last week. And uh, Firemuth has produced with both quarterbacks this year. If you take out the game that he got hurt in, he's averaging seven and a half targets per game this season. So yeah, Pat Firemuth is as good a tight end, tight end dart throw in a tight ends. What more do I need to say? Firemuth is my first streamer, tight end streamer of the evening. Get back to Josh's here. All right, Josh is going to give us Austin Hooper versus the Colts for his second tight end streamer of the week. Austin Hooper has been more like Austin Pooper this season. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but he's going up against the Colts, who are the sixth worst versus the tight end. This is by no means a sexy pick. Hooper isn't playing on 80%, nor is he getting a plethora of targets. But the Titans need someone to catch the ball. The Colts are like the second best defense versus wide receivers and still good against the run. That means that Austin Hooper might just get you that touchdown that you're looking for in a tight end streamer. I couldn't agree more, man, because like you just said, Colts are second best defense versus a wide receiver and still good versus run. You know, this is what NFL coaches and play callers do. They find a personnel weakness and they attack it if they know what they're doing. Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper, that is Josh's second and final tight end stream of the week. Let's get to my second and final tight end stream of the week. Got my sleeper. <laughs> Our sleepers are so... Oh, anyway, uh, let's not go to sleeper just yet. Oh, you know what? I didn't even realize. It. Oh, no, I do have a second tight end streamer. Oh. Just to get this out of the way, I also included George Kittle as an audible mention. Thing needs to be said about that. I just want to get that out of the way. Dalton Schultz, speaking of, you know, you could do worse. <laughs> Schultz is a, is healthy now, and Dak could return. I think, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but it definitely is pointing in the direction of Dak returning. While I don't like to rely on narrative, I think we can all agree Cooper Rush had a connection with Noah Brown, and last year should be proof enough that Dak and Dalton Schultz have a connection as well. Dak's presence should raise the productivity of the offense, which hasn't been good, and Schultz could benefit. On top of that, it's the Lions. They have an awful defense. They're bad against everybody. They give up the eighth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. And that's my that's my spiel about Schultz, man. He's done absolutely nothing. He's been hurt. I thought I included his his ownership percentage, but it's it's crazy. Like he might be out there. I think it's like 70, maybe. So Dalton Schultz, my second tight end streamer of the evening. Now we've got Josh's quarterback stream of the week. Oh, that's right. We've got the same one. I'm just going to read his off and then go to mine and see how much similar we are. So bear with me, folks. Homer pick. Josh is a uh, an indie fan. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times last week. By the end of the year, Justin Fields might have thrown that many completions. <laughs> the Titans are fifth worst against opposing quarterbacks. JT looks like he might make a comeback this week, but I think the Colts found some success last week. Just might want to stick to throwing the ball until Ryan's arms falls off. <laughs> oh, what do I have on one at Matty Ice? 
He's back, baby. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, but he is my quarterback stream of the week. Uh, he's 43% rostered, so he is out there. Uh, the quarterback two last week with 30.16 fantasy points and almost 400 passing yards and three touchdowns. He gets the division rival Titans. We've already touched on them being the fifth worst against uh, you know, fantasy points per games for quarterbacks and tied second for most passing touchdowns on the season. Sorry, where did I just... Person? Titans, yes, yes, the Titans. Again, second most passing touchdowns on the season. Ryan gets back JT, gets JT back this weekend, is a great play. Should be in the quarterback one territory. Trust the process, folks. Trust the process on this one. That is one Matt Ryan. Both mine and Josh's quarterback stream of the week. Off the top of my head, I'll give you a couple more just for some variety. Uh, you know... Daniel Jones wasn't great last week. He, I believe he was my quarterback stream last week. But he's still, even despite coming off like a four or like six-yard rushing game, he's still like third, averaging over 40 rushing yards per game, which is four points in your back pocket, you know? Um, and Garoppolo. Now, again, that goes to the kind of... We're not used to seeing the Niners throw that much. They threw a ton. But they've got another matchup this week where they're going to have to throw a ton against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm going to go and propose Garoppolo. I would go Ryan Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, in, in that order. In that order. In that order. All right. Let's finish up with our sleepers of the week. I'll admit, Josh, if you're listening or whoever else is out there, this one kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, it, it's a deep dive, folks. So hold on to your butts. Uh, Nick Westbrook Ikine. Yep, I pronounced that right. Don't question me. He's the slot guy in Tennessee. So this is, again, in the Colts-Tennessee matchup. He's a slot guy for the Titans. That means he's going up against Kenny Moore. Last year, that would have been bad news. <laughs> I'm not going to read that abbreviation. Maybe it's just abbreviation for short, and he calls him NWI. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestling federation or a like a wireless technology or something. Uh, that would have been bad news for uh, Westbrook and Akine last year. In the two matchups against the Colts, Nick, as I know him, <laughs> averaged almost 10 fantasy points against the Colts. It's a deep dive, but with Robert Woods getting the outside looks, why not take a shot at my boy Nick? He's a low floor, low ceiling, but desperate times call for Nick Westbrook Ikine. I think that was a rhyme. Well played, sir. Well played. Again, Nick Westbrook hyphen Ikine, the Tennessee slot guy. There was a rookie tennis uh, Titans slot guy that was supposed to be the guy, but that didn't end up happening. All right. Well, how are we sitting? How are we sitting here with the stream? 42 minutes. Almost 43 minutes. Gabby. Chris's sleeper, a.k.a. my sleeper. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on, folks. This is I, I threw this guy out two weeks ago. Rashad White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. Let me be clear. Lenny, Lenny Fournette is killing it. And I missed bad last week. I guess last week, it was before last week. Anyway, I missed bad last week, including him in my fave five, meaning Rashad White. Oh, I included my fave five of all things, not even a sleeper. That doesn't sound correct. Anyway. Leonard Fournette's killing it, folks. Let's just get that out of the way. And last week, he once again, uh, a favorite sleeper of some folks in what uh, a lot of us believed, meaning Rashad White was a favorite sleeper of a lot of folks last week. 
what a lot of us would believe a very positive game script slash blowout for the Bucks versus the uh, Steelers. Uh, and we thought they'd, you know, rest Leonard Fournette in and, and the fourth, if not the second half, and, and give uh, Rashad White some looks. But they get the Panthers this week with P.J. Walker at quarterback, and I expect the Bucks to jump out to a big lead and give Fournette some well-deserved rest, giving White a chance to show what he's got. I mean, this is this might be the I might give credit to Josh for the deepest dive of the evening with uh, Ikhine or whatever his name is, but this is pretty deep too. His snap percentage went down. It's not great. It's not above sixty percent or above forty or fifty percent for that matter. Um, but he's great catching the ball. If they can build a lead, give Leonard Fournette a little bit of a break. Keep Leonard Fournette fresh, Shad White, especially in full PPR. Could, could do well for you. He's got big play potential on the ground also, clearly. He's got some juice. And that concludes our sleepers, streamers, and fave five of the evening. Again, folks, if you got any questions, feel free to chime in. I don't have any Discord or Twitter questions for, available for us this week, but I bet I could think of a couple of, well, at the very least, that'll do it for the podcast portion of the show. Stream folks, stream watchers, stream listeners even. Stick around. We're, we might chat a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, give, a, give a quick out to the uh, podcast that we're going to cut the recording off real quick. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show. Please check the links in the description. We've got the link to our Discord. Drop us a, a question. Uh, 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 we're, we're in there every so often uh, trying to get that up and running. Uh, Twitter works good, uh, works well also. Um, at Josh AFFB, at AFFB Chris to drop us a question or just chat fantasy on Twitter. Yeah, and um, link for the podcast is in the description also. We are live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for the, you know, basically the starts of the week, the Fay Five, the streamers, the sleepers. And we are live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for news and injury updates and any last-minute line of questions that you may have for about an hour, hour and a half on Sunday morning at 10. Until then, have an amazing fantasy football weekend. Adios.